Welcome to another episode of TV Line's Dream Emmy Podcast. I'm executive editor Andy Swift, joined today by Helena York, one of the stars of Comedy Central's The Other Two, created by Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider. It's a devastatingly funny and, at times, poignant series that we think deserves a little more attention from Emmy voters. I have to imagine that if somebody is listening to this podcast, they have at least like a passing familiarity with The Other Two. Um, but for those who don't, can you kind of intro us to... Uh... Who, the, the woman known as Brooke Dubeck. So the other two is about this young kid who gets this overnight success for his song, I Want to Marry You at Recess, and essentially is catapulted into the land of, you know, super, super fame. And But it follows his uh, much older <laughs> brother and sister who are living in that shadow and sort of figuring out their own lives and identities um, at the at the same time and Molly Shannon plays our mom and Ken Marino plays the manager and I play his sister who's kind of a hot mess and then you watch her evolve and blossom into something slightly more responsible. Yes, his uh, his dancer turned realtor turned maybe manager sister? Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, now I initially, I knew you from your work in the theater. Oh, well, thank you. Um, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't a compliment, but I love that I turned it into one. I was like, yes, thank you, I do theater. Listen, any, anything can be a compliment. Um, but as Certainly I was, in my brain, apparently. As I was, you know, prepping for this, I was just, you know, you, you fall down YouTube rabbit holes. Oh, I ended wow. up on a video from uh, the American Psycho rehearsal. You know, you're in that room with whatever. Yeah. And there was a comment on it, because of course I scrolled down to read comments. <laughs> oh, who, no. <laughs> who knew Brooke Dubeck could dance? Is the comment that I... Honestly, that's thrilling. That's going to hold me through the whole weekend. Well, a couple things. One, this person obviously (laughs) left that comment before they saw the episode where you filled in as a backup dancer. Oh. Because you can dance. Is that the date stamp? I I didn't look at... I didn't go, like, do the full detective work and see, like... But I have to imagine. Well, it's very nice to have surprised people with this talent that I have that they didn't necessarily know about. (laughs) This is so gross. This is like a podcast where I just brag unnecessarily. That's actually what this is. Um, But I mean, is it it funny for you? Because like, I mean, that's, again, I said that I knew you from that first. And so is it weird for somebody to like, to meet you as Brooke Dubeck? Um, You know, what's more, what's... Yes and no. Um, so for me, really, it's like to to have been. I started in theater, and you know, in in doing that, just sort of transition into television, and now very happily and serendipitously, kind of have a foot in both worlds, which is so much fun because I can kind of slip back and forth. But whenever you're doing something for television, people are very eluded, and you know sort of it's like this faraway land that you do theater and when you're in theater it's sort of the same thing about doing television and so you know I went to school at the University of Michigan for musical theater I have a that's what my degree is in and I grew up dancing and you know to have kind of a bag of tricks as it were and to have them used now in television um, was really fun and great and you know to kind of to pull it out as it were (laughs) sorry that's terrible. No, that's great. Uh, was that, I mean, was the, the obviously you, you are a dancer. Um, it, God, I'm a dancer. A dancer dances. You said he liked theater. I do, I love it. And that, was, that, was, that works as another compliment. You, you are a dancer. Um, was that part of the character initially? Or like when you came on, was that something that they sort of like worked into it? Well, I'll toot my own horn again. I don't know that they knew. I think they knew. 
But then I went into a rehearsal with Kat Burns, who choreographed that music video, and all of these incredible dancers that it turned out were um, Beyonce backup dancers and, like, the fiercest <laughs> things I'd ever met in my life. I was so surprised they were nice to me. Like, teenage Helena in my brain was like, these girls are too hot and too cool to be nice to you. Don't look them in the eye. But I... <laughs> But um, anyway, just incredibly talented women. And I, they, uh, Kat did a video of the rehearsal and sent it to set. And Sarah and Chris were like, well, where's Helena? And I was like, I was the one in the overalls, boo, and like the white <laughs> sneakers amongst all these like black jazz pants. <laughs> and they couldn't tell that, that I was in the video because I was actually kind of holding it together. So um, yeah, I think it was, again, it was one of those things that just kind of got dropped in there. Brooke was a dancer, and so she ends up in this music video. And, you know, more than anything, it's nice to be able to pick up choreography for something that you need to learn in a short period of time. But other than that, yeah. I, yeah, we'll see. People keep asking me, too. They're like, are you going to sing on it? And I'm like, I don't know. Singing's hard. <laughs> but you can also sing. I can do that, too, yeah. You're a woman of many talents. You know... You talked about the cast. Uh, you briefly mentioned a few of them. This just feels like the kind of like lightning in a bottle cast, where like everybody was born to play the role that they're playing, and I, I mean that in all just in sort of like how natural everything feels. Yeah, but I, I again, I think that what Chris and Sarah did so smartly is that they wrote a pilot, they assembled a cast, and they changed things about what they had written around people that about characters they had written. A great example is Josh who plays Lance on the show. That character was initially going to be a guy that worked at, my ex-boyfriend was going to be a guy that worked at um, uh, Medieval Times. And he was this sort of like nerdy guy that, you know, had this sort of background. But then they met Josh and he auditioned for all these other male parts and they just sort of wrote Lance around who Josh is. Hell yeah is something that Josh actually says. Josh found Nikes on Instagram yesterday that actually had marker on them. They're actually right on Nikes. Tagged all of us and then wrote, hell yeah, fire emoji, fire emoji. <laughs> so I think that that's what's so great about them. And so you're saying lightning a bottle, it feels like it was written for everybody. Ken came into his meeting and pitched the fact that this character, he believed that Streeter had a hot, I think he talked about it on the other show, had a hot tub in his backyard, but had built a moat for it. Like it was a kind of guy that like put that much thought into his hot tub. Yep. So there was so much specificity that each person in each cast member, I think, brought to all of the characters, and then they ran with it, mm. which um, I think is what gives it that feel, and I think that that's such smart writing and smart show running. Yeah. Well, and you have, uh, your character has a very different relationship with everybody. Um, let's start with your, kind of your partner in crime, Mr. Drew Tarver. Uh, Who? <laughs> the, the other one, as he's known. Comedy, am I right? <laughs> uh you guys have this very, like, natural kind of sibling-like relationship that it feels very natural. Was that immediate or...? Yes, yeah. is the short answer. Um, you know, we definitely had to do a chemistry read. Going into chemistry reads is terrifying because it's sort of like, hey, here's your dream job. Um, pretend that you've known this person your entire life so that you can get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you are you kind of walk into a room, you meet somebody for the first time, you know, you have in your head you want this job. and But um, I think that... There, there is that sort of natural dynamic between he and I based on our own personalities. I'm, I'm a very um, alpha, uh, <laughs> a forceful person, and Drew is a very um, f funny, receptive person. And I think that, that our relationship 
in real life naturally fell into those things and it didn't feel like anything that we had to manufacture or force in any way. He and I are also eldest siblings to our own brothers and sisters. So we understand that kind of relationship. And then the other thing that I'll say about Drew is that I came into this from a theater background, primarily theater and television, and Drew came at it from um, uh, the improvisational UCB world. And I think that what we both bought to it is that we're both what what you get a sense of I'm a fan of Drew's and we both have such respect for what the other person does and brings to the table and um so mostly like after takes if it was his coverage or mine it was just like boo you're so good you're so good like what you did was so great honey you're doing such a great job and just knowing that the other person was going to need that as we did this process is like a lot of reaffirmation Ref, re, 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 Affirmation. Affirmation. There's no re in front of it. (laughs) English is great. I'm so good at it. (laughs) Everything that you that your show chooses to touch on, it's like you have your finger on like the pulse. Yeah, I think that they're dealing with millennialism in a way that people haven't yet. There's an honesty to it, and um, and it's and there's parts there are we discuss things that are uncomfortable. like who gets to eat the pizza or, you know, I, I just think that if it, and, and you're talking about Brooke being honest about sexuality, I just, nobody's hiding anything. Nobody's put anything on. And, and that's what a family does. Nobody hides anything and nobody has to put anything on. And so that's what this show does so well. And, and that's a tribute to Chris and Sarah and, you know, the vibe that they created on set and, and what the job was. Yeah, um, Molly Shannon, as you mentioned, is uh, who <laughs> again? <laughs> um, do you do you do you call her Molly? Like, do you have like a nickname for her? Like, <laughs> um, Molly or Mall or whatever. No, I. You know, people, we get asked about her all the time, and we both pretty much say the same thing: is that you're so dis- she's so disarming, and she's a legend. So you'll be with her on set or, you know, having water sprayed on you in a tiny, um, uh, you know, airplane bathroom moment. And you'll just be shooting the shit and hearing about how she was like swimming laps and her Hyatt pool or, you know, what she asks me what Broadway shows she should go see and whatever. And you'll wake up, you'll come to in the middle of talking to her and be like, wait a minute, this is Molly Shannon. And it's. To, to be so disarmed by somebody so amazing is just a tribute to exactly who she is. And that the, the character of Pat is so in the spirit of Molly as well. Mm. And again, Chris knowing her so well from having worked with her on, on other, uh, other people, um, I think really lets her shine in that way that is so brilliant. And I can't say enough about her as a person, I think. She, she deserves every award, trophy, acknowledgement, and legendary status that she has. She's amazing. Oh, yeah. She's one of those people who I feel like has always been there for us. Like, when wow, we what a great... Her. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Molly. <laughs> really hitting it uh, once again. <laughs> uh, and then there's Little Case Walker, a.k.a. Uh, Chase Dubeck, a.k.a. Chase Dreams. <laughs> um, I know he's not, like, seven years old, but he is... He's, like, a youngin, and I feel like if I was hanging out with him, I'd... A, he like I would feel uncool around him just because I feel like I'm <laughs> like a, you know, like the kids always know what's cool. Um, do you ever? I mean, do you ever feel? How is it working with you know so closely with somebody who's so much younger? I had to learn something that I am trying to tell everybody these days, 
is that it's so easy to look at Gen Z as a millennial. Gross, but like to to look to look to the younger generation and say, "Oh my God, they won't get off their phones." You know, um, they're in this internet age; they don't understand this, that, or the other thing. But whatever, we're all going to be working for these kids someday. They have taken what our I remember when Facebook came; it was like at ten schools, and the University of Michigan was one of them. They take took our invention in quotations, and they've perfected it in a way that is so unbelievable. You have, you know, Madison Avenue that has always been making advertisements. Now we're depending on these kids who have tapped into their own creativity and their own minds and their own, you know, unique ways of seeing the world and how they present content, how they present themselves. And they are bringing products forward and making money being like, hey, I'm wearing a Nike. You should wear a Nike too. And how can you fault that? How can you look at that and have, I just think that's amazing. You have control over what you follow. You don't have to look at that kind of stuff if you don't want to. But I think what what is so amazing to me is that I, I had to come off of my porch. You know, I was standing on my porch like a little curmudgeon being like, what is this? What is TikTok? What is Musical.ly? What is any of this? You know, how did this person actually get famous? But he's so smart and so calculating about everything he does. And what's been really interesting as well is having, you know, art mirror life or life mirror art is that in the promotion of this show becoming protective of Case himself, as in addition to Brooke being protective of Chase, is, you know, being 16 is you're seeing everything and experiencing everything for the first time and making sure that you're coming into the world with people who are kind and good and patient, um, I think is so crucial, but it's, you know, he's just so much savvier, so much savvier than I or Drew ever were at that age. It's unbelievable. He's like a little adult. Oh yeah. The only, the only resentment I bear towards Gen Z is how much cooler they are than I was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I didn't have my shit together. Oh my God. Age. I would have been paralyzed if I had had social media and had to put yeah. myself out there. But I think it's tapping into youth and creativity in a way and, and they're being celebrated for what makes them unique. And that is exciting. That's exciting to be able to say, like, I'm this weird kid that does this thing, and that's awesome. And I think that that is what they're getting to tap into in a way that we didn't have. It was like, you know, cool kids versus not the cool kids. That was all of our movies and yeah. stuff. And now everybody's kind of gets to be dope, I think. And so I just think that, you know, in even watching people that are generations above me, is you think, like, don't, don't shit on millennials. Don't do that. Because, like, yes, there's things about it that are you don't necessarily agree with. And it's also stuff that you didn't grow up with. But don't knock it because they got, they got something. Yeah, I also think it's just so funny how quickly we all forget, like, every generation, it's just, like, a thing that repeats itself. Like, you know, the, the generation before our parents, their parents were like, get that Elvis out of here with right. the shaking I was just going to say that I'm mad that you're listening to Elvis yeah. and not, you know, classical music. And then before that, they were getting in trouble for, like, Miles Davis. Like, what are <laughs> what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like, oh, jazz, it's bad, you know? I wonder who the first, like, cave person was who was like, oh, young, like, children. <laughs> the wheel. <laughs> when I, in my day, we had to roll around squares. <laughs> Just to go back to, to talk about more of your cast members, uh, Ken Marino, who you mentioned, he, he with the hot tub moat. Um, I feel like he also is sort of very much somebody I've seen in so many things, but also very much like at the top of his game right now as as Chase's manager, Streeter. Um, 
that must be really fun. Like, how do you how do you keep a straight face when you're looking at him and you say something like, we're not doing pig stuff? You don't. I mean, I think it's really, there's a dig in the edit room to make sure you find takes where we're not laughing at Ken. <laughs> not to expose myself for being too unprofessional, but to expose myself for being too unprofessional. Um, you know, Ken is another one that I was a fan of before meeting. And... Um, one of my when I'm asked to talk about Ken there's this ad lib that he did that I, I is so terrifyingly genius when he I say we're not doing pig stuff he goes out into the hallways and he goes hey ladies sorry we're not going to need you today and they go on he goes yes Sowie he goes get it Sowie that was an ad lib and if you catch it it's just I don't understand how the the human mind thinks of something like that uh, that feels like a magic trick to me, and that's what Ken is, to to bring that. He's he's so weird, and he asked for so many alts, and he got so many alts, and some of them end up in it, and some of them sadly don't, but we get treated to them every day, and, you know, I, that man's brilliant. <laughs> well, it's funny that you should mention that specific one, because I was thinking, not only did he say Sowie, but then he snorted. He laughed and snorted. Oh, God. And I, I was don't like... even think I caught that. <laughs> what a dumbass. But that's, the thing is, like... <laughs> I, this show more than a lot of other shows, I feel like there are like a few shows that I pause the most to either rewind, to catch something that I missed, or to just, it's like Game of Thrones, Real Housewives, and the other two, in terms of like, mostly those other, for, like, those because of plot reasons, and right. yours because like, the jokes just fly at you, and you love it, and you're still laughing at one while another one comes up, I so you're know. like, hold on, I need to just pause this and like... Go back. When you watch it with an audience in front of it, sometimes you'll miss certain jokes because they're, you, there's a cacophonous laughter off of the other one. Again, it's just good writing, man. I, I just think that their writing is such good writing. And they work their asses off to make it that good. And we get asked all the time, you know, do you get to do a lot of improvisation and all this stuff? And sadly, not sadly, but we keep having to tell people, no, this is good writing that's being executed well. Mm. Um, ex- and except in the case of things like Sowie and um, I think that I think that he calls him Chance in the, in the yeah in the pilot, yeah. and that was also uh, that was a Ken Marinoism. God, genius! Do you have a, a favorite line or, or a favorite like interaction from from season one? <sighs> you know, it's I'd love to again. I <laughs> I think that the hiking in the animal onesies was so. Genius, and I think the whole concept of the insta gaze was so genius. Um, I think Ken sitting outside in that Camaro outside of the birthday party is so genius. Um, I hope everybody's watched the show that's listening to the podcast. I think the way in which our father died, I, I don't, I don't know who, who else in the world is as smart as to have thought of something so deeply to to make a moment that was so sad, so funny, and so seamlessly. <laughs> Is I, I is one of my favorite things is Molly's whole rant about her husband and how her husband died. Um, again, I'm just I'm, I'm assuming that everybody's watched it, and that's why I'm not saying specifically. But <laughs> um, yeah, and then you know, for myself, I think that the other thing too that we got that was so lucky is so many brilliant guest stars. So if you have, I, I mean, you did the whole series of. Um, Wanda Sykes is Shuli, constantly saying that they're going to have to pull the video versus not pull the video based on Countess Luann or like, you know, what Ellen has said is so brilliant and so funny. I, I mean, I think Wanda's so good on the show. 
um, you know, I thought I thought that um, uh, the 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 girl that plays the eleven year old girl in the second episode, um, who uh, what's the name of the character? Um, oh my god! Anyway, you know what I'm. I'm also blanking. I'm, yeah. I'm blanking right now. Um, Kate Sims, this is the name is the is the name of the actress who yeah. plays the young girl that plays the makeup yeah. tutorial. Not Yandani. Um, anyway, she she make up tutorials and to say like my my mommy's upstairs mm. and like you know this that whole sequence and to find out that she's eleven. Um, it's <laughs> there was just so many things that even I didn't know about were out in the world that I do know now. Like there are actual girls that look thirty five and are eleven and doing makeup tutorials online. And um, so you know just to. T- I'm I'm listing pretty much the entire season. I'm a big fan of my own show. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> well, you listed a lot of people, but I want to talk about one of your lines, which I feel like really took on a life of its own, which was in this climate. Yes. Um, to the point where I have a little. I mean, you guys on the on the podcast won't really get to. You guys listening won't get to enjoy this, but I have a little visual. Um, I was on Twitter yesterday, and somebody tweeted that they got their new tote bag in, and this is their tote bag that they got. <gasps> Oh my gosh, I'm just for listeners. It is a tote bag with a full photo of me on it on the telephone, finding out that I'm with Kate Simsis, who turns out to be 11 years old, and it says, in this climate. This is the, um, I'm gonna frame this. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> yours. That's yours for the keeping. I this thought, I thought is, it was worth the ink. Um, I can't wait to see this person on the subway. <laughs> My God, that's unbelievable. Isn't that crazy? But I feel like that is sort of indicative of the response that the show got. Like, like people got it, you know, and they spread it around, and it was, it lived so well on Twitter, too. Just, like, on on the internet in general. Yeah. Yeah. When now you start seeing, like, I don't know if it's GIF or GIF. I'm I'm still not cool enough to know. (laughs) Uh, But you see those of us, which is cool. Um, Yeah. It does. There's little snippets like that that uh, have really hit home for people. <laughs> Were you surprised at all by the the? Because I mean, you when you're making this, you must have known that you had something like really special yes. going on. But then, were you at all surprised when it came out and people responded so well to it? I would really like to be modest and say yes, but no. I think I would have been more surprised had they not. I am I allowed to say that? No, of course. I that's anything. I I just. You know, I, I think, and, and I'm not even going to take credit for that. I'm going to throw it off onto the people I work with. I think, you know, it's it's so refreshing and fun to get to do work that you like. So I, I had experiences watching it every Thursday and getting lost, being like loving the show and then be, realizing how lucky I was that I got to be on it. And it's it's just so cool for me and it's it, it you know on a on a very personal level as well I'm you know in my early 30s or whatever I've been at this a long time and sort of now to have people be like she's arrived and you're like I've been here but have you been on a tote bag <laughs> but have I been on a tote bag the answer is probably no um so that in itself is is very cool and to have done it in a way and with people that I love so much and genuinely so excited to go back to work mm. like every day is just a day closer to when I get to go back to work and and that's the greatest when do you go back to work August August so if you want to see some sweaty hot <laughs> people working long hours find us in August in New York City 
shooting season two of the other two. <laughs> I'm so excited. Do you? I mean, have you have you spoken to the 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 powers that be about what might be coming up for for Brooke? I have. I get sweet little cell phone pictures of one lines, or I, I've Sarah has sent me a couple scenarios that are coming. We get to do table reads starting in June. Um, it's just going to be so exciting because again. I, to trust two people so deep, so much, and so easily to um, do something, uh, getting to find out how they do a season two is going to be is exciting. Yeah, uh, I know. You know, when the show started, Brooke was very interested in finding her passion. She thought maybe that light in like at fifty dicks at one point um, <laughs> did not. So now she's a manager. Do you think that might be her finally the thing that she's been meant to do her whole life? Um, I, I don't know. I think so. I mean, I think also being a manager is a deeply non-linear experience. So there's certainly a lot to explore with that as well. And it definitely wouldn't be linear for Brooke, obviously. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I hope that it continues to twist and I hope it continues to surprise us. I think, and, and that's what life does, right? I think that, you know, you set out in one direction and you keep getting blown in other ones. So, and not blown in the fun way. <laughs> not in a good way. Again, so professional. On Although this you should podcast. be honest about your booty calls. So you maybe should be honest you about are. your blowing and your booty calls, <laughs> but I'm not talking about that blowing. I'm talking about the wind. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does actually, that is kind of a nice segue because um, I just want to talk about Lance a little bit and how Brooke, you know, thought, it's funny how sometimes you think that somebody's waiting for you and you're like, well, I'm ready now. So like, let's, let's get together is sort of what she said at the end. And he's yeah, like, blind well, actually, like I'm kind of doing my own thing. So how do you feel about that relationship and like where you might like it to go? They always keep, they keep calling him Brooks, like Mr. Big, but it's uh, Josh Segarra as Lance, which is deeply satisfying um I I like it so much I again I'm gonna use the word non-linear again I just think it's so easy to say two people ride into a sunset and that's just never the case I think that you know our experiences with relationships take us in so many different directions and I you know she certainly thought of herself in a certain way and that she was really something and realizes oh maybe I'm not and I want to come home to this person that I feel comfortable and happy with only to be too late for that Um, and you know, tale as old as time, I, I think, you know, hang on to people that are good for you and also realize that, you know, some, it's just not going to always work out if you want. And if you are listening to this and are lost in any way, there's a great advice columnist at New York magazine at the cut called Heather Haverleski and she writes a column called ask Polly and I really recommend reading it. Oh, that's have you do you have you learned from from that advice column? Absolutely, yeah. She's a great advice columnist. She it's she, if she writes it for the it's called Ask Polly. If you're ever going through like literally anything like sibling rivalry or like I don't like my job or you know any relationship stuff, like read Heather Haverleski at the Cut. And I and it was just one of those things like it makes me think of that with Lance because you know I think that. I think we live in our own heads thinking that certain things are always going to be a, be a way or be what we want them to be, and we are forced to uh, alter our expectations. And, um, you know, I think having to take a hard look at who you actually are and what a, seri- a situation actually is can be very difficult. And, you know, I like that they have that there. Yeah. And I've known Josh for 12 years or something. Yeah. So Th- through the theater? Fun. Through, exactly. Is that theater with an R-E? 
theater. <laughs> because of the theater, I know Josh. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that relationship, you know, some things don't work out the way you, you want them to, but then some things, like the other two, do work out. And so uh, I really, I just want to thank you for the show because it's like, oh, that's it, so it, nice. came, it came along at like just the right time, I feel like. And, and if, you, if you have not seen it, watch it. If you have seen it, binge it. You'll like discover new things. You'll fall back in love. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I want to binge it. But again, that's another very egotistical thing I could be doing. (laughs) You have the whole weekend. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me.